Welcome everybody to another episode of Saved by the Credits Podcast. This is Matt. Brittany. And we're doing another How We Will Haunt episode. Please say this is the last one. This is the last one. Thank God. It is entitled Halloween Part 666, The Final Chapter. Yep. I actually thought about that one in advance. Great. I'm tired. And we're cold. And we're cold. Our heat isn't working right now. And I'm mad. Yeah. Bless you. Our heat decided not to work. However, it's not too cold outside. So, we got four more movies, the final four movies to discuss tonight. And I'm not even going to point out the fact that it's almost Thanksgiving. It is halfway through the It's almost Thanksgiving. It's almost Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is next week. All right, let's get to the first movie tonight from 1999. Bruce Willis and what's the kid's name? What's his name? He has three names. Haley Joe Osmond. Thank you. And Haley Joe Osmond in The Sixth Sense. We experience the world through our five senses. On August 6th, he will sense more. I see dead people. Sixth Sense, rated PG-13. Starts Friday, August 6th. Directed by M. Night Shyamalan, Philadelphia Zone. Cameo. What? Yes. He was a doctor. Right? Yeah, he was telling um, Tony Collette, who plays Haley Jasmine's mom, about his condition of what he sees and doesn't see. So, this movie, I felt... So many people have watched it. It's M. Night's biggest movie. I See Dead People is quoted in everything, even if you watched it or not. Uh, this is one of the first like scary movies I think I ever watched. It freaked me out when I was a kid, as it should, because it's creepy. Um, let's just say that if you have not watched it and would like to watch it and not be spoiled, you should probably stop the episode if you don't know what happens at the end. Yes. I... Did not watch this movie, but I knew what happened. Oh, that's right. You never watched it before. No. That's right. I feel like I watched it. <laughs> no. Like, I feel like I didn't watch the beginning, but you know the part with the girl in the tent or she's like she's like throwing up or something? Mm-hmm. Well, that I mean, to the end. It could have been on TV, right? I don't know. Because up until that point, nothing looked familiar to me. Okay. So, in the sixth sense, Bruce Willis is a doctor, psychiatrist, child psychiatrist. And it starts out the movie that he got this big award and he's talking to his wife about celebrating and then a man breaks in and starts talking to him. Um, it's a range man um, about, you know, do you remember this, this, and that? And he actually shoots Bruce Willis and they fade to black and they pick up six months later or something. And he's pursuing Haley Joe Osmond um, with, you know, a, a, as a new client of his. Pers- I don't kn- I don't really like the word pursuing because that sounds like child molester. Ah. But, yeah, his new patient is Haley Joe Osmond, or so we believe. And he's talking to him about what's bothering him, why he is seeing or not seeing things. And it's very vague, but you obviously know something's going on. Something's up with this kid. He makes it look like to his mom that he has friends and he's a loner and doesn't really have anybody. He's a total outcast at school. 
Nobody wants to talk to him. He gets invited to par- parties, but they did that only because the parents asked them to. And the kid has something definitely um, up with him. Eventually, Bruce Willis gains his trust, and Haley Joe Osmond admits that he sees dead people. He talks about how, you know, the temperature drops, you'll feel the pricklies on your skin or the hair standing up on the back of your neck. And then we start actually seeing them in the movies, in the, in the movies, in the movie as well. And they kind of show up how they died, which is creepy. Well, you didn't see it at first, but he was in the car with his mom and there was traffic. You could see there was an accident with a bicyclist. And his mom was like, I hope nobody's hurt. Well, Haley was like, well, yeah, somebody was hurt. Somebody died. And she's standing right next to me outside the window. Then we see her. And she's like head wound and all that. So however she died. She's standing there. I guess that was that was the big moment because he finally admitted to his mom, and she kind of didn't believe him at first until she told him a, she told her a story about um, her mother. So his grandmother visits him, and he knew just like some secrets or some th- some things that his mother never knew. Kind of proved it. Right. And that way, she would have to believe him. And then we learn a lot more about Bruce Willis's character and the whole he's trying to see his what we believe is ex-wife or separated wife. It's his wife. She wants nothing to do with him. Obviously, something happened because she will not talk to him no matter what. But then we find out later in the film that the reason why. And one of the biggest reasons that Haley Joe Osmond tells Bruce Willis is that the people that he sees, the, the dead people, don't actually know they're dead. And he just happens to be one of them. And then it flashes back from of all the other all the scenes in the entire movie of him trying to talk to his wife. And you see that it's because he's not actually there. And he's saying that they see what they want to see. So right. this whole time he's thinking that He's alive, and his him and his wife just aren't speaking. They're having troubles. It's right. really because he's dead and he's a ghost. Exactly. Dun, dun, dun. And he wants to know a way of saying goodbye to her or whatnot. And that's where Haley Joe Osment says, like, well, they talk when they're asleep. But now I thought that was really, really cool. Um, but, yeah, all the flashbacks, like, once you see this movie, you can't go back and watch it again the first way you watched it. You unfortunately already knew because it's such a big moment. I did already know. Uh, like I said, not sure how I knew. Maybe uh, I did watch like the last like however much of the movie when I was younger. But Matt is right. You cannot rewatch this. Right. The first you cannot rewatch this without knowing what what Bruce Willis is. It's it is interesting to watch it knowing. It is. And it's really fun because you pick up on, like, there's so many little things. We could probably spend 20 minutes. But they do a really good job trying to trick you. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Especially that scene when they're at the restaurant. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They're sitting at the table together. Mm Mm-hmm. And it looks exactly like she's just ignoring it, and he's trying to hold her hand or touch her hand, and she has nothing to do with him. 
Yeah, but Matt and I kept looking at each other because we didn't want to say it out loud that we both knew that he was a ghost. Right. But we're like, we both know something, yeah. and we're not going to say what it is. I almost said it before the movie. I asked Britt, I was like, I know you know something, but I don't know what you know. And she said, I know. I know what I know. <laughs> and I know. And I know. Um, and you know, you, you know I know. But anyway, we we kept looking at each other during different like scenes when they were like, oh, yeah, we just, just like look with the eyes, you know, exactly. You know, you know, M Night Shyamalan's best movie, hands down. It was his first big movie. It could have been his first movie in general. Uh, I'm sure Matt loves it because it takes place in Philly. No, I could care less. Like all this, M Night, this one didn't really matter that it took place in Philly. It was just you know. And stuff. And let me tell you, when it said South Philadelphia and they open up and it's that beautiful neighborhood, I'm like, where? Where is that located? <laughs> Maybe you've never been there. It's possible. I said we could do a um, filming location tour. I'm good. I think we were actually on one of the one of the streets. Great. So, anyways, so yeah, I mean, moving on. I would say definitely watch the Six Sense, but you probably should have already. So. But if you've only watched it once, go back and watch it again, knowing yeah. what you know, you know you know. Exactly. Uh, and you'll be like, ah. It goes by really fast, too. It was like almost uh, around two hours. It was still creepy, though. I was very creeped out. And it's, it is like super duper creepy because Haley Jospin's afraid. He's afraid at first mm-hmm. of the ghost that he's seeing. Of course, who yeah. wouldn't be? And then I guess it was Bruce Willis who said maybe they just want to talk. Yeah, well, they may, they might need help. They might e- right, need so his help. So near the end of the movie, that's kind of what he's doing. He's helping the ghost move on. He did the same way he helped Bruce Willis. Let's I, move on from this movie. Yes, we're going to move on, and we're going to have another sense of adventure with the Disney Channel original movie from 1998, one of Britney's favorites, Halloween Town. Halloween! Friday on Disney, it's Halloween Town. Marty Cromwell's family can't be normal. Why? Because her grandmother's a witch. Totally. And she lives in Halloween Town, where it's Halloween all the time. Halloween is cool. Well, battling an evil shadow creature is just not normal. Oh, abnormal and vastly overrated. Find out more about Marty Cromwell's family's vastly strange powers. Powers? What powers? It's Disney Channel's original movie, Halloween Town. Friday at 9, 10, 8, 10 central, right after Under Wraps, part of Zoop Weekends. Tell me about Halloween Town. We open up with the family. This family is has a mother and three children. Okay, Marnie is the oldest child. Right. She is about to be 13. And it is Halloween. So it actually takes place on Halloween night. There are trick-or-treaters happening. That's, that's a big deal for me. It is a big deal. Some Halloween movies do not take place near Halloween, which doesn't make any sense. Anyway, Marnie and her siblings would like to go trick-or-treating and celebrate the holiday, but their mother is just not for it. Cue a little bit later where their grandma Agatha comes to visit. Grammy, we haven't seen you in so long. Where have you been? Oh, you know, just around, just around. And Marnie overhears Grammy and Mommy talking about how Marnie is a witch and needs to start her training. Her mother's a witch, her grandmother's a witch, and she is also a witch. And there's a bad thing haunting Halloween Town. Halloween Town is where Grammy lives. It is the place where monsters and ghouls and all that stuff live with 
and not within the human the human world. They live away from the humans. Marnie would like to be a witch, so she follows her grandmother. Her brother follows her, and their younger sibling also follows. Everybody ends up in Halloween Town. It is awesome there. Big giant pumpkin, yada, yada, yada. And there's a bad thing. They're trying to fight it. They're going to spell. Uh, well, Grandma Agatha and Mom get hit with the spell, and they're frozen in the movie theater. I know. It's going crazy. So the young witches... They have to figure out the spell, get all the ingredients to finish the spell and fight the bad thing and save Halloween Town. The end. Boom. The first installment was presented to the director as a 20 or $30 million project, but they ended up cutting it down to $4 million, which is insane. Um, it was filmed in St. Helens, Oregon, so that answers that for you. Um, so it's actually in Oregon, and the town is there. Whether they, like, just bring out all the Halloween decor during that time, I do not know. They have this but you can go. thing called the uh, Spirit of Halloween Town um, it's an event. Festival now. Yes. And they have it every year, like Britt was saying. Yes. So you can get tickets. They set up that giant pumpkin in, like, the middle of Town Hall, yes. which is really cool. I'm really surprised they haven't tried to capitalize on it sooner. I feel like that just became a thing the last couple of years. Maybe maybe it started earlier, but, you know. Um, apparently, Grandma Aggie's house is a bed and breakfast there. That's pretty freaking cool. That's awesome. And Halloween Town is a real book, but only a few copies were actually made. In Halloween Town, there was a book. Yeah, that's what I mean. In like, the movie, they made only a couple like a picture books. Book? Yeah, for the for the movie, cool. and uh, some are circulating out there. Some I'm sure. Um, I follow Kimber- Kimberly J. Brown on TikTok, who plays Marnie. Um, if you watch Halloween Town two, there is uh, her co-star who plays Cal. They are now together in real life. Isn't that fun? That's really fun. That's a fun fact. There's, oh, I found a real fun one. You ready for this? The scene where she has the hairdryer with the flames. She really had a hairdryer with flames. She's like, they Whoa. did not add it in. She's like, I'm not sure why, but they let me handle that with flames coming, shooting out of it. Nice. So, I mean, this is, this is early Disney Channel. So That was when she had to get the ingredient hair of a werewolf. So she was at the hair salon. That's there right. There you go. That's right. And she also needed sweat of a ghost, so they had to go to the gym or spa or whatever. They also needed fang of a vampire, and that was at the dentist. And the spell goes, Bainty ma, bainty kavir, bainty again, fleeteth something and knoweth bid. You're welcome. Uh, I have two more fun facts, and then we'll, we'll move on. So... Uh, one fun fact is that uh, Debbie Reynolds, right? So, you know, the grandma. Grandma Aggie. She uh, she would go around introducing herself to people on set as Princess Princess Leia's uh, mom. Aww. Which is cool. That's yeah. so sweet. Yeah. Probably because they're probably like, yo, that's really cool. You know? And uh, the final fun fact, this is actually very interesting. This actor... Read for the role of Cal and for the role of Counts. I don't know. Anyways, doesn't matter. But he read for two roles and was not picked, and that was Jarrett Padalecki. He was gotcha. almost in Halloween Town, 
He made it to the final edition, but did not get picked. Um, I might have breaking breaking news. Oh my god, how did I not freaking know this? The mom in Halloween Town and all the movies also starred in the nineteen ninety movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as April O'Neil. I did not know. It's the same actress. Okay. That's a pretty big deal. For her, yeah. For for everybody. For everyone. For everybody. I love Halloween Town. It's just great. Go watch it. But Halloween Town Two and Halloween Town Three, Halloween Town High are fine. Just stop after the third one. Don't watch the fourth one. Moving on. Moving on. Our next film, a Tim Burton film from 1988, Michael Keaton, uh, Alec Baldwin, and Gina Davis in Beetlejuice. Alec Baldwin? Yeah. No. Yeah, it's Alec Baldwin. What do you mean? No. It looks exactly like him. What do you mean? I knew it was a Baldwin, but I didn't know it was Alec Baldwin. It's the best Baldwin. Well, there's a ton of Baldwins. That's rude. But he is the most successful Baldwin. Unfortunately, yeah. some some not so good things right now, obviously. But yeah, he's the the best Baldwin. He's the most successful. You don't know Lenny Baldwin? No, I haven't heard of him. Mm-hmm. I think he did that tuna fish commercial that one time. Yeah. From the director of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. When two ghosts can't talk the living into leaving their house. What's the good of being a ghost if you can't frighten people away? They call the ghost... Beetlejuice! ...with the most... Can you be scary? What do you think of this? This is amazing. Michael Keaton... ...is a ghost called Beetlejuice. I'm the ghost with the most, babe. Rated PG. Sneak preview Saturday, March 26th. So who else is in this film, Brandon? A lot. A lot of people are in this you film. You said Rider's in it, right? Correct. Captain O'Hara. Baby. Um, I forget his name, but the principal from Ferris Bueller, mm-hmm. he's in it. Oh, wow. I feel like there's a lot of I people. I think that's it. I think that's it. Oh, yeah. Well known. I feel like that one guy's name. I don't know what he's in, but anyways, I mean, it's Beetlejuice. Everybody should know. Come on. Beetlegeist. Yes, let's talk about that. Let's actually talk about that. Beetlegeist. Never in the movie at all do you see the words Beetlejuice, ever. Mm-mm. Like, Beetlejuice. Not how we spell it. Yes. It is pronounced Beetlejuice, the entire thing, but Beetlegeist, Al Baldwin says Beetlegeist, because that's what it looks like it says, but it's it's actually Beetlejuice, but it because doesn't... it's like B-E-T-E-L-G-U-E-S-E, or something like that. Is that, how you, is that how you spell it? Oh, I have no idea. Beetlegeist. So I'm just trying to figure out how Gina Davis knew it was Beetlejuice. Uh, she seems smart. She mm. was in that Alien movie. Okay. Or if Girls Are Easy. Because and like, she's Winona Ryder had to figure it out because he was like trying to charade her. Right. And that's honestly why I think it's called Beetlejuice. Because they're like... It probably was just easier. Two well, Beetle, Beetlejuice is actually a star. I don't know if you knew that. Yes. But does it say, do we call it Beetlejuice or do we call it Beetlegeist? So, Beetle, we'll say, it's Beetle, it's, either way it's pronounced Beetlejuice. But we'll say Beetlegeist just, be, just because we're talking about it, it would just make more sense. So, Beetlegeist uh was on flyers, business cards, a commercial and everything in within the movie, right? We see it on the sign that's pointing down. We see it on his tombstone and, and, and everything too, right? 
Yes. So he's a bio exorcist, right? To get rid of like demons in your house and in order in order to get him there, you got to summon his name three times, right? And we'll get all of that. Did he get ri- he gets rid of demons? I thought he gets rid of humans. But in the netherworld where they are, they think humans are demons. It's like the reverse. Okay. The reason uh, with the name thing, people have like a lot of different like feelings on that. And this is my biggest one. It's never clear. So some people are saying his name is the same as introduction, right? What do you mean? The introduction title card. Like when it comes up, it says Beetlejuice with, with a J. Some are saying that's his real name. But the reason why he writes it the other way is because he can't have his name out loud three times. He can't say his own name. So if he spells it differently, he's able to get away with it. That's what just like some hearsay half explanation is saying. They so you're saying there is no official explanation. This is all just people speculating. Right, because they're saying he's not allowed to say his name. I get what you're he saying. he can't write his own name. Yeah, you just said that. Well, I didn't say write. So if he writes it a different way, it's, you know, he can get away with it a little bit. Um, and who came up with the rule that he can't say his own name? No. Probably whoever in made him get stuck there. Okay. And that's another reason people are thinking that his name's spelled weird because that way people won't be able to summon him because they won't be able to pronounce his name correctly. Now, to your point, how did Gina Davis figure it out? I don't know. It would have made more sense if he tried to do the same thing with her. Because she just, like, comes right out and says it. Like, I was waiting for them to maybe brainstorm about it because Alex Baldwin. He's like, Beetlegeist? Beetlegeist. And she was just like, you know what? Let's call this Beetle Guy, Beetlejuice. And she just says it. Like... Even after he said Beetlegeist, she didn't even be like, oh, it's not Beetlegeist, it's Beetlejuice. Like, she didn't even correct him. Very so weird. I just find that a little sus. It is a little sus. Anyways, moving on. So, you know, I mean, I don't even have to go over the plot. Gene Davis and Al Bowen are dead. They want people moving to the house. They're trying to get them out of the house, so they... Go to the netherworld and they find Beetlejuice. And they thought they're going to get him to take care of these people. However, to their words, he's kind of a pervert. And he's Ew, like... Th- this movie was gross. He was really trying to get in Winona Ryder's pants. And she's like 15. Barely. Barely. She's, I don't know how old she's supposed to be in the movie, but she's not that old. Well, she's like as young as these, the kids are in Stranger Things now. Actually, no. Some of them have beards right now because they're old. But, yeah. This movie was very risque. Lots of inappropriate jokes. Now, you know how I usually wait to get to the end to tell you ratings? I'll tell you right now. This was rated PG. No. Yeah. Oh, it was right around that time and they didn't have a PG-13 yet. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there was a lot. And he does say the F word, too. I miss that. Yeah. But parents, if you're considering having your young children watch this movie, maybe screen it first and use your best judgment Or on watch edited version on TV. Maybe. Maybe. Because they do play it on, like, free Freeform. Form. Yeah. Yeah, so they have to be able to, like, they have to be able to get away with some things, though, because... Yeah. Uh, Big just, part of the plot. He's just skeezy. Skeezy, sleazy. That's his whole shtick. 
I can't. Yeah. I, I I did turn to Brent and say, I can't believe Michael Keaton. Like I know it's Michael Keaton, but he usually, besides Batman, obviously, he he plays like these straight laced guys in like most of the movie. Yeah, you're like, this is Batman. This is big buff superhero Batman. Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And talking he's like, like that. Talking Ugh. like that, and he has like green stuff coming out the sides of his mouth. And Disgusting. Yeah, mouth. He only has one. But I mean, effects wise, I'm like, I know it's from the 80s, but it still looks really good. The sandworm looks really cool still. Um, just like uh, my favorite scene is when they possess him and they get the whole entire family to dance. Dale. Dale. <laughs> they like. Come and me one go home. That's pretty good. Thanks. Catherine O'Hare like crushed that scene. Yeah, that was. If great. it wasn't for her, it wouldn't have been as good. Let's let's be honest. I think all the actors and actresses in that scene did a really good job making it seem like they were possessed and doing. You know, th- their movements were like exaggerated. Oh yeah. They were making it look forced, and it, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it was. Um. I hate to say this, but it was kind of like when uh, when we watched Idle Hands, you know? No. No? Okay. I see the correlation, but no. But yeah, Beetlejuice, I've always loved it, uh, maybe because it was just so weird. And uh, one thing I do have to say is Beetlejuice has a lot of different outfits. Everybody just thinks he's in that striped suit. He's really not in it that long. He's... He has a tour guide outfit. He has this other suit going on. Um, I I do want to say really quick, the reason why I love Beetlejuice so much is not because of the movie. When I was a kid, they had a Beetlejuice animated TV show, right? Which they had for a lot of of movies. But on the TV show, him and Lydia are like best buds and best friends. And she summons him. And it has like nothing to do with the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, in the movie, Lydia really likes Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin's character. She's yeah. the only one that sh- that can see them at first. Um, and she does not like her parents and yeah. her stepmother, or her dad and her stepmother. And how, at the end, is she allowed to be raised by two ghosts is beyond me. It's fine. But whatever. They figure out a way. I guess that's 1988 for you. So I think this is also the only Tim Burton film without um, Helen Bone, Bone and Carter. Mm. <laughs> she's in like every, it's like she is in just as much Tim Burton movies as Sherry Moon Zombie is in Rob Zombie films it's like pretty close so let's get to the last let's get to the bread and butter of today's oh, episode let's not alright last up the final pick on Halloween and the final movie on that we're talking about tonight from 2006 Samuel Jackson in snakes on a plane. You know all those security scenarios we ran? I'm smack in the middle of one we didn't think of. Everything you've heard. You guys hear that? Everything you've seen. Why are there snakes on this plane? Everything you've read. Eddie Kelly managed to fill the plane with poisonous snakes. It's true. Do you like roller coaster rides? Snakes on a plane. You, you okay? I'm, I'm, I'm good. Radar, now playing. Brittany. What? What? This is the first time you've saw this movie. Yes. Why are you, like, shouting at me? 
I wasn't really that loud. I you were just like Britney. Like I did something <laughs> wrong. Well, you did. What did I do? You didn't fully immerse yourself in snakes on a plane. I immersed enough. <laughs> I so, didn't need to immerse any more than I immersed. So, okay. Okay. Let me just share a quick story with you. I saw us in a movie theater. Why? Because when you're in high school or just out of high school and a stupid movie like this comes out, you yeah, go see you it. You were in college. It was 2006. I was in my senior year of high school. You were a year ahead of me. I was a I was a community college. Let's be real. That's still a college <laughs> student. You should have enough judgment of what movies t- that can be spent in. Like, never mind. I don't know what I'm. Movies saying. were not that expensive back then. Okay. Anyways, I was like 20. No. All's Matt did. I was 19. From like teenage to now, I should say, is just go to the movies. That's all he does. That's why we have a movie podcast. But yes. that's, I don't do that. Anyways, we went and saw Snakes on the Plane, and it was hilarious. I, I must have missed that part. I have not watched the movie since. And I can say, uh, for me, it was still pretty good for what it is. I think they're just like, hey, Samuel Jackson, we're going to make this ridiculous movie. We want you to be in it. Here's like $20 million. Yeah, if I were him, I would have said yes to it, too. But obviously, if it wasn't for him, the movie wouldn't have been anything. It would have been more trash than it already is. I know what it is at face value. I'm not saying it's good. Wait till I tell you Rotten Tomatoes score later. I will be very angry, I think. Yes, you will. Anyways, uh, Snakes on a Plane is about snakes on a plane. I really wow, don't think you have really? to say anymore. There, I knew... I The only thing is, like, same thing I felt when I watched it the first time. Like, just get to the plane. They spend, like, 15 minutes. Just, who cares? This guy sees somebody murdered, and they have to go on this plane, and he gets in first class, and everybody's bumped back to coach, and... They start focusing on characters that you know they're going to focus on when the plane starts going awry. And Keenan's in it. Keenan Thompson from SNL mm-hmm. and all that. So that's fun. But yeah, they focus on all these other characters and you're like, I don't care. Nobody cares. But then the snakes come alive. And the first time we see the snake, there's two people trying to join the Mile High Club in the bathroom, taking off their clothes. And where does the snake go for, Brittany? Her tip. <laughs> exactly. And it latches on. Right and, on the nipple. And we're off to the races. I'm pretty sure that I said something out loud. <laughs> I was just like, oh, here we fucking go. <laughs> That's like, right. Just, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Strap in because it's, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Yeah, there's some turbulence. There was a lot of turbulence. Yeah. And they're like, it's fine. And then... We knew the one flight attendant was like, this is my last shift ever. <laughs> oh, guess yeah, what? Yeah, I hope it's a smooth one. Like, I hope there's no snakes on this plane. <laughs> Did they say that? No. Uh, that would have been funny. Well, the next scene, a guy goes to use the bathroom. And oh, I look oh at Oh, my God. I look at it as a girl just got bit on her boob. We got to make this even and have it go after a guy's. Um, yeah. Genitals. So that 
I I think when I first saw it, it looked very painful, but this time it was just straight up stupid. It was ridiculous. I didn't even think it was funny. It was just like, ugh, that, that was a waste of time. Yeah, because the snakes are everywhere. Who I don't know how many snakes are on this stupid plane, but there's a lot, apparently. And the pheromones are in the lay necklaces that everybody has on. And then because they're going to Hawaii, no, right? they're leaving. Hawaii. They're leaving Honolulu. Okay, that's right. They're leaving Aloha. They're leaving. Oh yes, because it's hello and goodbye. That's yes, right. yes. I didn't know you get a lay when you arrive and when you do depart. Yeah. Anyway, the pheromones make the snakes go crazy, and it was set to explode at a certain time in the cargo hold. R.I.P. Kitty. And. And that's not a euphemism. There was a kitty in the cargo hold that got eaten by one of the snakes. Anyway, snakes of all sorts of kinds, all poisonous. People are getting bit left and right. It's chaos. And the snakes look oh so real. Oh, I, I felt like I was there. Yeah, the snakes, the CGI was bad. Let's be real. Real bad. Like they were like smiling or something. I don't know. They had, like, weird facial expressions. They were going after all these people. People were, like, dying in so many different ways. So much blood. Um, the dog got got thrown into it by that rich I'm really dude. upset about the dog. Um, Mary-Kate was the name of the dog, I think. But, yeah, let's, let's, I'll just, let's, we're going to go fast forward through this movie. Um, so stupid. Pilots die, this and that. The, they need to figure out how to land the plane. Keenan, they make Keenan do it, and he has experience because he plays it on PS2, which is the most ridiculous <laughs> reasoning, but whatever. That's all they got. And then finally, finally, Samuel Jackson says his line that everybody waits like an hour and ten minutes for. Didn't they show that, like, in the trailer? Oh, yeah, all the time. So, like, everybody's waiting for this line to happen. You paid your money just to see him say the line. It happens near the end. So, he's like, I'm sick of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Let's blow some damn windows. Wait. Like, that's a good idea. Time out. I was looking for this to make sure I got it right. And, obviously, there's a PG-13 version of this because they air it on TV. And this is the line he says... In the edited version. All right, give it to me. Enough is enough. I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. Everybody strap in. I'm about to open some freaking windows. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so, no weekends. <laughs> I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. And the best is, he had to record those lines. Yeah, that was definitely recorded. That wasn't, like, dubbed over. No. And, yeah, how did you hold it together? Anyway, he blew the windows out, and, you know, that's everything flying out the window. And they open the cockpit, the snakes fly out. Way, yay, way. (laughs) Yay, we're going to land the plane. Woohoo, we're safe. Everybody leaves, and then the witness guy, the whole reason why they're protecting him, so he could, whatever, backstory, backstory, blah, blah, blah. One more snake jumps out. He's going to testify against the guy. I know. I just was trying to save time. Um, 
he one more snake jumps out and bites him in the chest, and then Samuel Jackson shoots him like four times. Twice. But he's wearing a bulletproof vest, so everything's okay. Yes, we think he's dead. Oh no. But let's get to the last part of the movie, which was my favorite part. I thought we just got to the last part of the movie. No. The bonus, the music video for the song Snakes on a Plane. Right, right. Which I actually love that song. It's a good song. I know it's stupid. It's better than the movie. It, yeah. Well, the reason why I'm mentioning it is because, so, it's not an actual band. It's a, it's a little super group that they did just for the song for the movie. So, it is um, the girls from the band The Sounds, and then the one guy with long hair is from The Academy Is. The um, the one guy is from Jim Clay's Heroes, and then the main guy is Gabe from Cobra Starship. So they, they all recorded the song together, Snakes on a Plane. And, but they did it. It was supposed to be a parody. Like, they did it on purpose to make, make it look stupid. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. That's it's a, great. It's Thank you, song. Sharon. Oh, I'm sure uh, it'll be You know what episode. I heard on the radio? And it's not... It's, it is snakes, but it's also scorpions that they're um, in Egypt somewhere that they're having, like, such... What's, well, like, near the Nile... I don't know if there is, um, kind of sounds like they're having like bad storms and the Nile is maybe like overflowing and it's like the water's going into the streets. Uh, but somehow all of these scorpions and snakes are like everywhere and pe- there ha- have been like 400 and some people injured from scorpion and snake bites and four people have died. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? It's like somewhat related to what we're talking about, but yeah, not really. Yeah, that is crazy. I heard it on the radio. That is one thing I, I want to look up if this is actual factual. This is the only thing I found interesting. They were trying to get the anti-venom yes. for, these, for these specific bites. And the one guy said, like, if you're given the wrong anti-venom based off the you're wrong dead. snake, you can die. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, that's very interesting. So Yeah, I don't know if that's true yeah, or not Yeah, I might have to look that up. Hopefully I don't, they, did, they did some fact-checking and put snakes. a little science back there. <laughs> back where? In the back corner? In the yeah, cock- yeah, yeah. In the cockpit? Right. Yeah, had a little right. signs in the back. Let's let's get to these ratings so we can Thank get out God. of here and finish it up. Um, I'll just I'll breeze through these and then we're gonna reveal our bonus picks that we didn't watch. Got I it. I don't know what we're gonna do with those. Maybe those will be carry over to the wheel next year. We'll see. Six cents from nineteen ninety nine, rated PG thirteen. You can find this. Uh, you have to rent it. Eighty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice, nice. Right. I think that's good. Yeah. So definitely, uh, definitely go watch it, as we said. Definitely yes. go watch it. Okay. Up next, Halloween Town, 1998. It is a Disney Channel original movie, D- a DCOM. So no rating. It was on television. Uh, it's on Disney Plus, obviously. And 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's right. So, I mean, uh, again, nostalgia bump for me, but sure. Tim Burton's Beetlejuice, 1988, rated PG, as we discussed. Uh, you can go rent it or like it's at every Walmart for five dollars. Just go buy it. Eighty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Too high. It's not too high. It's it's peak Tim Burton. So and here we go. Snakes on a Plane 2006 rated R available on Netflix right now. Sixty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Sixty nine percent. So that's way up. too high. It should be like in the twenties. Yeah, I agree. I just think it's. I don't know why it's that. High. You know how I say nostalgia bump? I think there's a Samuel L. Jackson bump. <laughs> Whatever he's in, they they just yeah they put up a little bit. And oh. this is the portion of the show where we'd normally tell you what our next spin is, but guess what? We're, We're done. done. 
So I'm going to reveal my backups, and then Brisk going to reveal hers. And like I said, we'll try and incorporate it next year. So, so we each had to pick two backups just yes. in case we had the same movie, but we didn't. We didn't. We did really good. So my backups are from 2007, the Hitcher remake with Sophia Bush, and then a fun little movie by Wes Craven with uh, Cillian Murphy and Rachel McAdams, I think. Scarecrow. Yes, thank you. It is Scarecrow from, from the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, Red Eye, which is really good. All I remember, there's a pen involved. Yes, yes, in the eye, I think. I don't remember. Oh, in All the right. trach? Maybe. Uh, my backup was Sleepy Hollow. And then my second backup was Labyrinth from 1986, which I have never seen. So the Howl Wheel is officially done and over and dead until it gets resurrected next year. Now... We are officially going to be in Christmas mode. So we're going to have a Christmas version of the Howl Wheel. Don't know what it's going to be called officially. We're going to figure that out. And Let we'll, me think about it. What we're going to do is... I'm really good with thinking of names. Yes. <gasps> the Christmas Carousel. There we go. High five. So Christmas Carousel coming soon. And uh, we don't know how we're going to divvy it up yet, but uh, what my goal is to actually have it done in December. does have to be... Before all, before Christmas, at least by the thirty first. That's my goal. So we got to get on it like ASAP. I guess we'll um, we'll see you guys soon. Um, yeah, look out for the first episode of Christmas Carousel, like very soon. We might try to get on this ASAP. I guess next time we'll explain our picks. Yep. And all that stuff. Um, and uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Check out my TikTok, even though my drafts were deleted. Um, I'm really upset about that. Oh, yeah, all of our things at Saved by the Crown. Go back and watch all of our other episodes. <laughs> no, can't watch them. Can't watch them. You can stare at them. You can try. I don't know what's going to happen. Go back and listen to our other episodes. There you go. And we'll see you at the movies for Christmas time. Woo.